everybody. This is Richard Sachs. You're on Lost Arts Radio. Welcome back. And we've got a friend, Brian Artis, Dr. Brian Artis, with us again. Uh, really pivotal figure in this whole drama that we're living out around the COVID-19 scam and tied into what's happening next and the bigger picture of many different aspects of the same agenda behind the whole thing. So we have a lot to talk about, several weeks that we're going to try to put into a few minutes here. And as usual, I want to include people that just stumble in for the first time and may not know anything about what's actually happening. So this is not a broadcast just for the people who say, oh, yeah, I know all that. It's nice to hear it confirmed. This is going to be a recap and a primer to bring people up to date. So welcome, Dr. Artis. Thank you for the time. I really appreciate it deeply. Well, I'm very excited to be here and proud of you for putting together a program that hopefully reaches thousands, millions of people eventually spread truth and education, warning and inspiring. We've got the government seal of approval getting knocked off YouTube channels and things like that. So I think we're going in the right direction. Amen. Uh, Yeah, you're in the right direction. Great. Right. So uh, one of the things I want to do, as I said, is to bring people into the conversation who may wonder what we're talking about. And the first time that you started becoming suddenly widely known around the country was connected with a phone call you got about snake venom. And if you got bitten by a rattlesnake, I think it was a rattlesnake, what you would do. How does that tie into bringing you up to where you are now? Yeah, it's a great, great point. So for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Dr. Brian Artis. I'm a retired chiropractor out of Dallas, Texas. And I retired actually in 2018, sold my second practice here in Dallas. But uh, over the last three and a half years, I was pretty much, for anybody who knew who I was, I was the worldwide whistleblower on the drug remdesivir uh, from May of 2020 up until last December of 2021. So not last December, December prior. And what you're referencing there is the first day of December 2021, I received a text message from a emergency room medical doctor out of Odessa, Texas. And his name is Dr. Richard Bartlett, MD. Lots of people know who he is. They call him the budesonide guy. He brought tons of relief uh, and antidotes for COVID-19, including budesonide, an inhaled steroid that is safe for all preemies and adults. And then Oxford went on to prove his theory and his suggestion. Twice they ran tests to see if budesonide could uh, curb the horrible outcomes of COVID for hospitalized patients. And Oxford published twice, budesonide alone has a 90% survival rate against COVID. So he was he was justified after he was ridiculed, which is great, like the rest of us. December 1st, 2021, that same doctor sent me a text that said, Hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? And I didn't know what to think about the text message originally. My very first thought was, well, of course I would. ER doctor, Dr. Bartlett. Of course, if I got bit by a rattlesnake, I would go get anti-venom. But Dr. Bartlett and I have known each other for years, and he knows how my mind works, and he knows that I am a relentless researcher and better be able to explain stuff to myself before I articulate it to an audience or another person. And so I had to figure out why he sent that to me. Uh, I knew it had to do something probably with an interview I had done, and he was trying to get me to go look at some information he thought maybe I didn't accept or didn't know about. So in this perspective of the text, what Dr. Bartlett was trying to actually get across to me was I had done an interview on InfoWars with Alex Jones a week prior, and they had asked me to come on. The co-host was Kate Dolly. They had asked me to come on and talk about whether or not I believed monoclonal antibodies were beneficial or harmful. And my Six research studies I supplied and went through all told me I shouldn't use them and I wouldn't recommend them to anybody. Monoclonal antibodies, the, th- the six studies I had actually disclosed that monoclonal antibodies were being derived from the cancer cells of spleen organs in pigs. And I, I just said on the info, sure, I said, look, I've got six studies here that confirm they're extracting monoclonal antibodies from cancer cells in a pig. Why, even if it works acutely for a COVID case, why in the world would I use this? I said, uh, how do you know there's not long-term ramifications downstream where you might have cancer introduced into your body with these mutagenic cells? So I told them, I said, uh, look, we already have other things that are finding success with vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, selenium, even apple pectin powder. And then I threw out ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which are 
in my opinion at the time, were safer than monoclonal antibodies. Richard Bartlett had for four months as a dear friend of mine in Odessa, Texas, at the same period, he had a monoclonal antibody IV center in the parking lot of his hospital for four months. And he treated over 4,000 patients, 100% success rate using monoclonal antibodies. So when this interview got sent to Richard Bartlett, Richard Bartlett sent me a text that said, Hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? What he I knew he must know something as an ER doc about snake bites. I don't know. And I was pretty sure he's wanting me to look at antivenom for some reason. So I went online to find out what does he know about antivenom I don't know as an emergency room doctor in West Texas who has treated many rattlesnake bites. And to my shock, I did not know 90% of all antivenom around the world for snake bites is monoclonal antibodies. So my initial reaction uh, per you asking me, how does all got started? He sent me a text wanting to know if I got bit by a rattlesnake, would I trust monoclonal antibodies is what he was getting to. Would you trust right. them to save your life? I just didn't know monoclonal antibodies were used as antivenom around the world. I had no idea. So once I realized in that moment that I would trust monoclonal antibodies, even though I didn't know that's what antivenom was, uh, if I had a life-threatening situation where I got bit by a rattlesnake, yes, I would put faith in monoclonal antibodies. Just like his patients were threatened, they thought, by death of COVID showing up at his IV center wanting to be saved. And he used monoclonal antibodies or antivenom to save them. The only next thought for me was that Richard Bartlett did not anticipate the very next thought in my brain after I realized monoclonal antibodies, 90% of all of them are antivenom around the world for snake bites. My very first next thought was, well, if monoclonal antibodies are designed to treat snake bite venom, uh, why is it working so good against a bat virus? I mean, like 100% of all cases were being cured with monoclonal antibodies. Why was it working so well? And then I said to myself, I, th- I thought this came from bats. So this is December of 2021. I go online that same day and I start researching what are the origins of COVID. And to my shock, I could not believe I missed this. And the rest of the world did too, it appears. In January of 2020, the Chinese researchers that were treating the initial Wuhan sick patients with COVID in the fall of 2019 published the genetic sequences of what the patients were making antibodies against. And 100% of all of them had antibodies attacking King Cobra venom and crate venom, which is another snake out of Asia. It wasn't bats. Bats was actually the third most likely origin of COVID. The most likely origin they defined was crate snake venom, cobra, cobra venom, King Cobra venom called Cobra toxin, and then uh, bats. Well, the farther down that hole I got, the more I realized this wasn't the only country publishing this. And then I realized in France in April of 2020, scientists took the spike protein of COVID, SARS-CoV-2 virus, ran the DNA sequence, and then published their findings. And the spike protein on COVID, the virus, was causing all the harm and infectivity of this virus that no other coronavirus has ever had. It was just the spike protein that made it different. They published that the spike protein was identical genetics-wise to King Cobra venom called Cobra toxin, a protein in King Cobra venom, and Bungarotoxin, which is the venom of the crate snake's protein. So they published it then and then said what's interesting about these spike proteins is they target in a human or a mammal, those venoms, when they're injected inside of a patient or entered into the body of a mammal, anyhow, whether eating it, drinking it, being injected with it, those venoms are neurotoxic, meaning they attack nerve tissue and then they published in france in april 2020 they said what's interesting is these two venom proteins specifically attack alpha 7 nicotine receptors all throughout the body including the brain stem that controls the prey's ability to breathe and they said this would explain every symptom of covid the respiratory failure can't breathe becoming hypoxic low low oxygen lethargy, cough, fever, chills, all of it is perfectly explained by these venom, as they call the spike protein. So two months after that, this is a, this is when the whole world started to unravel for me uh, mm-hmm. about COVID. June of 2020, I find this study out of Italy 
because Chinese researchers in January of 2020 said the origin of COVID is two snakes and they published it. Then in April, four months later, French scientists and geneticists confirmed the spike protein is most identical to two snake venoms. And then some of the rabies virus was another thing they found. They, this Italy group said collectively, let's start testing patients all over Italy in multiple cities. Let's take their blood, urine, and feces, and let's see if they have any venoms in them, like China and France has already confirmed. Well, when they published their studies, they actually evaluated the blood, urine, and feces of COVID patients from all around the country in different cities, those that tested positive for COVID and were sick, and those who tested negatively and were not sick. When they ran the blood, urine, and feces, the blood and the feces came back with 36 different venoms confirmed inside the patient's blood and in every patient's stools. And that included 20 different venom proteins from 20 different snakes and 16 different venoms from ocean creatures, including the crown of thorn starfish and 15 different sea snail venoms. The snails are called cone snails, extremely venomous and deadly to humans. And uh, 15 of them were conotoxins, these venoms from those sea snails. As a result of uncovering all this information, I did an interview with uh, Stu Peters and Mike Adams back-to-back in the same week. And last May of 2020, or last March of 2022, uh, I did a five-hour interview with Stu Peters, five hours with Mike Adams. Stu Peters decided to make a documentary out of it. He was so overwhelmed with all the documents I brought uh, Mm -hmm. to his uh, place. And they produced a documentary called Watch the Water. And what I proposed was, and it has been published since the 1970s, they know how to put venom in water and get people to drink it and make them break out in respiratory failure. And these are clandestine experiments, secretive experiments that even our own CIA has conducted even back in the 70s on federal employees they didn't even tell. And uh, anyway, it's been very... Uh, very eye-opening. Once you understand the venom aspect of COVID, and just to just to circumvent this around, so I can get to some more of your questions for your audience. Mm-hmm. This was absolutely confirmed again in January of 2023. So, Dr. Chetty, MD, out of South Africa, he takes his uh, stool samples from long hauler COVID patients flying from around the world to his clinic in South Africa, and the patients who would not recover, no matter what he did. He was told by a doctor here in the United States that he got a research paper from me and then sent it to Dr. Chetty and said, you might find this useful. Dr. Chetty in January of this year took the stool samples and then contacted a scientist named Carlo Brogna in Italy. And they sent him the food, the stool samples. And he ran three different lab tests on the stools and then published and then called Dr. Chetty MD and told him, just so you know, we find replicating in the stools of these patients, snake venom peptides, starfish venom peptides, which are proteins, and sea snail venom poisons. And then told Dr. Chetty what he, what he thinks they should do. And what, they, what he found in their stool was every long hauler COVID patient had bacteria living in their body or in their bowels or yeast like candida or fungus that was replicating the venoms as the venom mm-hmm. was being introduced to the bacteria and yeast which is exactly what I've been talking about for the last year since that Watch the Water documentary broke out. People want to know, well, how does the venom impact people differently? Well, it is very different. Diabetics always will have the worst outcome in any individual who has a E. coli bacterial infection and a yeast infection at the same time they get COVID or the vaccines for COVID. You will have the worst outcomes. How does this correlate to diabetics who have always had the worst outcomes during COVID? Diabetics cannot control their blood sugar. Blood sugar in any elevation feeds E. coli bacteria and yeast. E. coli and bacteria and yeast in the presence of venom, regardless if it's injected, we swallow it, we inhale it, or it gets absorbed through our skin. It doesn't matter. When the bacteria yeast see it, they suck it in to itself, and then they spit out more venom into your body. And this is keeping people rebounding into these long-hauler COVID scenarios and then the massive injuries with COVID-19 vaccines. So the Watch the Water documentary is what kind of exploded on the whole world, a new narrative of COVID. Dr. Chetty, MD, I just have to want to tell the audience, this is phenomenal. In January of 2023, he said, knowing that these bacteria and yeast are replicating venoms in all COVID patients, 
He said this finally explains the venoms do. It explains the nerve toxicity we're seeing around the world. It explains the blood damage we're seeing around the world because venoms cause blood clotting and strokes. He said, and then it also explains the multiple organ failure challenges we're seeing because all venoms do three things. They either target your neurological tissue, which is going to make you paralyzed, weak, uh, brain fog, tachycardia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, cognitive function, all of it. That's neurological. Loss of taste and smell, neurological. Ringing in your ears, neurological. All of these are side effects of venoms. And then the blood clots and then the blood strokes, those are also blood damage. And then all venoms also cause organ failure called cytotoxicity. And so it was really great. And it was confirmation for a lot of people around the world that finally someone else was able actually to replicate the findings, do it again. Carlo Brogna was the lead scientist in the Italy study in June of 2020, where they found 36 different venoms were in COVID-19 patients. That's the same scientist, Dr. Chetty MD in South Africa contacted and had him do and replicate the same test for his patients. And then he discusses how we actually cleared it up. I just did about two weeks ago, a two hour interview with uh, Dr. Chetty, and we'll be posting that for our audiences here in the next uh, probably two weeks, which will be exciting. How do you spell Chetty? C-H-E-T-T-Y-M-D. First name is Shankara or Shankara. S-H-A-N-K. Shank. A-R-A. Chetty. M-D. So none of this that you talk about requires the existence of a virus. Nope. No, it doesn't. In fact, Dr. Chetty talks about it in our interviews that they've never seen a virus ever infect bacteria and yeast ever. And so in my interview with him privately, I said, do you know what genetic engineering and biological engineering is? I had to learn that this last year, mm-hmm. that they are manufacturing bacteria and yeast to manufacture venoms. And this is how they're spreading the venoms around the world in your water, even in your food. Have you heard people talking about mRNA technology now in your food? Yeah, yeah. People are pretty concerned about that. Sure. Well, every animal, cattle, elk, deer, every plant tomato, avocado, lettuce, they have bacteria in them. When you introduce mRNA, which is instructions for the bacteria and yeast to make venom, guess what your food's going to be full of now? So you don't even need the raw material for the venom to make it? Nope. All you need to do is instruct them what to do. And they usually need to be signaled with what's called a plasmid. And we're going to be educating people on that here very soon. But they are genetically engineering bacteria to signal to them and I'm not joking. They know how to signal to bacteria uh, mm-hmm. using 5G radiation. They know how to do it with electromagnetic frequencies. They know how to do it with ELF waves. They know how to do it with this stuff. They also know how to physically introduce venom, little bitty proteins to bacteria, and uh-huh. uh, and then will actually suck it in and spit out more of it. And I'll tell you this right here. The Watch the Water documentary is called Watch the Water because I propose this is how they're spreading COVID around the world, not aerosolized. And they're actually manipulating chlorine levels in your water systems in every city around the world that's controlled by your governments. All mm-hmm. they got to do is reduce the chlorine to a certain level. And I've already found the documents that say this is how they do it. You lower chlorine, bacteria and yeast will start to grow when you drop in venom, even in the form of an insecticide, which they do do. When you introduce that into the water, the E. coli will suck it up and spit out more of it. So now you have water laced with venoms, and then they have published at what level of chlorine parts per milliliter. You have to bring the chlorine back up to kill the E. coli or yeast and detoxify or denature venom to make it disappear in the water. So this is how they could create outbreaks (laughs) and then make it disappear. This is how they could do it all over the world. This is exactly how I think they're doing it. So what's the uh, defense against this for people that know about it? Yeah, that's great. So what's the defense? All right. So you're going to, you're going to have to always be on offense and defense, right? So you need to be doing something proactively to defend yourself from the continuous poisoning, toxicity and the venoms. I always tell you, COVID-19 was nothing more than an envenomation of the entire world. They figured out how to spread venoms all over the world and utilize bacteria and yeast systems and mammal cells in your body to generate venoms for you which is exactly what mRNA tech is instructing your mammal cells or bacteria or yeast to manufacture something it doesn't usually do. And mammals don't usually make venom, but that's exactly what the Moderna and Pfizer shots are making your body do. The instruction is to make your body make the spike protein. The spike protein was found to be venoms from two snakes. So how are they getting the human body 
to manufacture King Cobra venom and crate venom from the crate snake. They're using your cells and the genetic engineering with instructions of mRNA. And I'm actually convinced the mRNA they're using in those shots is actually derived from the mRNA from snake venom. And I have enough publications there to make sure that uh, that is not just hearsay. That's exactly what they're doing. It's the most stable mRNA source on earth. Have mRNA you heard found of, in snake venoms. Yep. Heard of what they call mod mRNA? I have. Yep. Yeah. And so, and so for defenses wise, let me just answer this real quick for defenses wise, because you asked that. What, is, what are yeah. you going to do to defend yourself? They are already yeah. injecting your plants with this stuff. They're dropping poisons from the air, uh, in the form of glyphosate from crop dusters. They're dropping it from chemtrails up in the sky. I mean, they're, they're always trying to poison you. And then you've got water that's being tainted with fluoride, chlorine, glyphosate. I mean, there's already poisons you're being exposed to every day. So don't pretend you don't need to do something defensive or preventative. Right. So there's some very basic stuff I would recommend everybody has to do every day that I do every day to prevent the onslaught of people trying to poison me so that I can't buy their drugs in the future for the disease outcomes. Number one, uh, this is not a joke. For those of you who have not paid attention here, the French study where they isolated the spike protein was king cobra venom and crate venom. They mm-hmm. said what's interesting about these is these spike proteins are neurotoxic. And just so you know, the NIH just published last week a paper titled SARS-CoV-2 Spike Protein Targets Alpha-7 Nicotinic Acetylcholine Receptors, Nicotine Receptors, in May of 2023. And it actually says in the opening paragraph, the spike protein is most identical to HIV-1 spike protein, rabies, and two snake neurotoxins in their venom. They just published that last week. So this is not a farce. It is not a conspiracy. This is exactly what they're doing. They are utilizing venoms to make you sick. And that is what What you mean is it's not a conspiracy theory, right? No more theories. It is a conspiracy though. It is a very much conspiracy, but my suggestions that it's venom is not a conspiracy. That is the conspiracy. They have been keeping this from your view. They're hiding it from you. So you don't know what the weapon is and how to target it. So I just want you to know, this is what they're confirming inside the paper. Just this week, they discuss nicotine and its beneficial effects against the spike protein. And it's been published by the French researchers in April of 2020 that nicotine was always the perfect antidote to the spike protein of COVID because it's venom. And venom is blocked by nicotine at all your nicotine receptors because that's what venom targets. And the NIH just published it. And it's been really interesting over the last year and a half. I've told people, just so you all know, they keep telling you. And all your published data, and I'm sure you've had other doctors on this show talking about how the spike protein on the outside of the virus is targeting something called ACE2 receptors. Mm-hmm. They publish like hundreds of papers every week on this stuff all around the world to convince medical doctors and professionals you're trying to protect ACE2 receptors. No, you're not. That's not the receptor. That isn't even the target. The target is alpha-7 nicotine receptors, but they didn't want you to know that. Well, I've gotten enough of the world's attention to let them know that's exactly what this is. And I think this is why the NIH had to publish this paper this last week is to try to get ahead of this. Uh, There's actually a major fraud claim inside that study. And it's very obvious to those of us who are educated and I will be speaking about it nonstop. But uh, the fact that they even published the spike protein has snake venom in it to confirm what I've been saying for a year and a half and other scientists before me. And then to state that it targets alpha-7 nicotine receptors, I have been telling medical doctors for the last year and a half, you're looking at the wrong target. You need to study alpha-7 nicotine receptors and utilize things that turn those receptors back on because venom turns them off. And nicotine is the perfect turn-on to those cells, and it's called an agonist. So to prevent it, you asked about defenses. Yeah. In in November, Joe Biden said – uh, in America, 100 million Americans by March of this year, 2023, would have COVID and be diagnosed with it. And you know my reaction was to that statement the same day? No, we won't. I'm not going to have it. So I just actually started buying nicotine patches, and I cut a 14-milligram patch into six equal pieces, and I wear right. one every day. And that's enough to prevent me from ever getting COVID. My wife chews two-milligram gum every day to prevent anybody getting venoms inside of us to hurt us. And that's just what she prefers. And I wear one every day. There needs to be some nicotine source. And if you don't want to get it there, I'm not sure if y'all are aware, but nicotine's in your vegetables. It's in potatoes. 
Nicotine is in tomatoes. Nicotine is in eggplants. Nicotine is in every nightshade vegetable. Nicotine is in celery. Nicotine's in cauliflower. It's, there's actually 10 times more nicotine in green tomatoes than red tomatoes. So there are ways you can get nicotine in nature also. And why it is you should focus on some of these foods and make sure they're part of your diet because nicotine is required to protect you and keep your cells turned on. Nicotine is actually a nutrient found in plants like the tobacco plant. That's why we're warned to stay away from it at all costs, right? That's exactly why they're telling you to avoid it at all costs and then why they continue to pump out the lie that COVID-19 people are at highest risk who are smokers and everybody needs to quit smoking. No, smoke. they're still lying to you. Smokers right now worldwide represent less than 2% of the entire world's population that ended up in hospitals or died from COVID. It's the lowest demographic of all of them, smokers. And this got the attention of the French researchers in April of 2020. This is why they said we need to see what the spike protein is and what it's targeting. And when they realized it was two venoms that target nicotine receptors, they then finally understood why smokers were being protected from COVID and dying from COVID. And then they went a step further and they published in April of 2020. We're hearing reports in April of 2020 from around the world, the first four months of COVID They said, we're hearing reports that ivermectin is helping stop COVID around the world. And they said, what's interesting about ivermectin as a molecule, it binds to alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's providing benefit. Now, the truth is nicotine binds better than ivermectin does. So people that were like trying to solve all their long-hauler COVID symptom issues with ivermectin daily for two years Instantly saw relief in 30 to 40 minutes of all their symptoms when chewing nicotine or wearing a nicotine patch. And it's been phenomenal to watch worldwide. So to prevent it, you need either nicotine or there's a plant that does a similar action called wormwood. It's just not Mm -hmm. as potent as Mm -hmm. nicotine, but nicotine Mm -hmm. agents will do it. Patches, gum, pouches you can suck on. There's ways of using it. Nicotine or wormwood. And then you need to, we're talking about defensive here. And then what you need to use is something to destroy venom proteins. And they publish in the literature what they use in the body of mammals and humans to destroy venom. And it's one of two things. It's either food-grade hydrogen peroxide that you mm. ingest or intravenously inject. But you can uh, – you to- I do it orally every day just to prevent it for me. And it's as simple as three drops in distilled water, and it's super cheap. So I do. I use 35% food-grade hydrogen peroxide. You're either going to use that orally, or you're going to use EDTA as a supplement. And these two things inhibit and destroy venom proteins. Now, once you break it apart, the venom, remember, the nicotine and wormwood just release it from your cells. So then you function normally again. But the venom's still in your body. you got to break it into pieces and get it out. So you always want to be supplementing either food-grade hydrogen peroxide or EDTA. I use EDTA every day. I use food-grade hydrogen peroxide three or four times a week. And then three drops in how much water? Three drops in six to eight ounces of distilled water on an empty stomach for an hour before you eat anything. And you can just do that once a day in the morning. And then if, and if you choose EDTA, that's a thousand milligrams a day supplement form. Right. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Yep. Okay. And, uh, the the third step. Yeah. There's a third step. So you have to release the venom. Then you want to break it into pieces. And then we are finding people around the world to go, Dr. Ars, I'm doing your nicotine stuff. I'm feeling so much better, but I'm having all these rebound symptoms after a week or two. Like my gut symptoms will come back or flare up and I'm doing the EDTA and hydrogen peroxide. And then I go like this. Did you do the third step? Are you taking a binder, something to bind to the pieces of venom that are toxic that your body can digest out of you gently so it doesn't hurt you? And there's two things that do that. Apple pectin powder at 1,500 milligrams a day, which is from apples, or bentonite clay we are finding massive success with. Bentonite clay, B-E-N-T-O-N-I-T-E, clay. And you do an eighth of a teaspoon in distilled water twice a day with meals. And that literally overnight will start removing all, all and any symptoms people have as they're detoxing venoms out of them. And just so your audience knows this, if you've ever been bitten by a viper or a rattlesnake or any kind of snake ever or venomous creature, I'm not yeah. sure your audiences know this, but it is published that venoms, even after you treat the patient and the animal, will stay in the human body for up to 10 years. Wow, I didn't know that. 
unless you destroy it and denature it or tear it down into pieces with the stuff I just mentioned. This explains the venom aspect of COVID, explains the long hauler COVID symptoms. I'm not sure if y'all know this. This is one of my aha moments. Before I did the Watch the Water documentary, this is one of those things that made me keep looking. So at first when I realized that that crate venom and cobra venom were the spike protein of COVID determined by Chinese, French, and Italian researchers in the first year of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. I then wanted to know, well, are there anybody publishing that people get bit by snakes all over the world? Are there anybody that actually has published when people get bit by snakes that they have a loss of taste and smell? I had, I, I'm not a snake person. I didn't know this stuff and I do not treat snake bites. So I wouldn't have known this. I imagine my shock when I typed in, does snake venom cause loss of taste and smell? The first paper that pulled up was on the NIH's website and it's called long term effects of envenomation. When venom gets in a human for what's the long term effects. And it has published in that paper, people who get bit by vipers will often, after treating the bite, it actually says, I'm almost quoting this verbatim, they will often have for months, even years, lingering loss of taste and smell. And this paper was written in 2006. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, they've known this this whole time, that this is a published side effect of venom in the human body. Anyway, it's it, it actually answers every single symptom of COVID. If you want to hang out with me for a while one day, Every single symptom of COVID can be explained only with the venoms they have published are in COVID-19 patients and that are published to be the spike protein. And every single long hauler COVID symptom can Mm -hmm. only be explained by the proteins from venoms found in every COVID-19 patient. And I can tell you what they all are. You can tell me what your symptom is and I can tell you which venom probably did it. And then your COVID-19 vaccine injuries. There's only one thing on the planet that explains all of them, and it's venoms from various creatures. And there is evidence there's venoms in the manufacturing of these shots. And I keep showing the world that. Hmm. Well, before we finish here and give you time for your phone call, um, how long is the call? And do you have uh, time for a wrap-up afterwards? Because there's some questions that are going to come up. Yeah, that's great. All right, so I actually have about 20 more minutes if you want to ask the questions now. Keep them short. Okay, we'll keep them short. So I think the first thing is uh, you mentioned a lot of the symptoms, neurological and other symptoms from uh, the venom envenomation. It, it really suggests that the tax dollars that we thought were being used for gain-of-function uh, viral research in Wuhan, China, and now funded all over the world in other labs, are possibly research not in viruses at all but in venom and applications. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, and it's very disturbing. But I learned this in my discovery before the Watch the Water documentary. Did mm-hmm. you know that uh, the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry, they like to use a certain language that most of us don't speak? Do you know what the yeah, old sure. languages they use? Well, Latin's one of them, right? Yeah, they love Latin. So they usually do everything in pharmaceuticals underneath a Latin terminology or language. Sounds uh, really you, impressive. Yeah. So it, it actually makes them look like they're geniuses when in fact they're just exactly. repeating, repeating back to you what you said in English. They're repeating yeah. back to you in Latin and you think it's a diagnosis and they're brilliant, but it's not. Exactly. It's just a play on languages. All right, That's so, done in all across medicine, actually. All across medicine. So, for example, I love doing this with people. If you go into your medical doctor and you point to your finger and go, my joint hurts, doc, they'll go like this. Does it hurt all day? Sometimes? Is it consistent? Come and go? What is it? What's the scale? One to 10? And you describe the pain in this joint. It hurts right here in this joint, doc. They'll go like this. Okay, great. They take their notes. And then they go, let's do an x-ray. Let's do a blood test. And we'll be back and meet with you next time. We'll call you back for your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's going to walk in the room and he's going to go, Mary, we have a diagnosis. We know what's wrong with you. And you're going to look at the doctor and go, what is it? And they're going to go, Mary, you have arthritis. Yeah, that's what I thought. And you're going to go like this. I knew it. I knew I had something. Thank God for the lab test, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just so everyone knows watching this, uh, you should consider this medical doctor moronic because all he did was repeat back to you what you said to him. He just said it in Latin. Arthra. 
means joint. Itis means inflammation or pain in. So when you yeah. said my joint hurts, he wrote joint hurts. And then he, he said, let's run diagnosis. It. And then he said it back to you in Latin. You have art- arthritis. And you're like, really? oh, my God, it's brilliant. What do I do for it? There's nothing you can do about it. You inherited it. Here's our steroid you have to live on for the rest of your life. That's exactly what they do. Exactly. Totally moronic. They didn't do anything. They just repeated back to you what you said. And then you paid for a whole bunch of screening tests, which is ridiculous. And so, when the steroid makes it worse, we'll give you some more drugs to make other things worse, too. Exactly right. So, Richard, I have a question for you. Yeah. What is the Latin definition of the word virus? I don't know. That one, Troy. Sorry. The Latin definition of the word virus that the pharmaceutical industry loves to throw at, around. Did you know that virus in Latin means venom? No. And did you know that in the Hindu Although language... Although virulent tends to mean poisonous, right? Yes. So virus has... it's Virus means poisonous excretion or venom, <laughs> right? Poisonous excretion. What comes out of the fangs of a, of a venomous creature? A poisonous deadly secretion. So the right. fact that this even has a, a correlated historical definition of venom and then the Hindu language for the word virus... Actually, mm-hmm. historically, always has meant venom. I just figured that out this week, which is interesting. So well, are yeah. they using a play on words like they do with arthritis? Are they doing well, that they, with, vi- with viruses? Maybe they, they want you to think it's a physical organism because they've got sketches of what it looks like. And really? this like, golf ball thing with all these things sticking out of it is what a virus looks like. Yeah. And I think there's a serious question whether anybody's ever actually seen a virus under any kind of machine technology. And if there's, you know, a virus has pretty clearly never been isolated, which means gotten by itself so you could look at it. And it, and the causation of disease has never been attributed to it. So, so Richard, yeah. I have a question for you that might help your audiences. Sure. Uh, this is a question for you. Maybe you know this. Uh, okay, so I'm going to name off the five most common COVID-19 vaccines. Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, and Novavax. Can you tell me which one of those they are vaccinating people against a virus for? Which one of those vaccines has the virus in it? Do you know? None of them. Zero. Isn't that weird that they're all telling you to be scared of a virus, but they're not vaccinating you for a virus? There's no virus in the vaccine. So what are they vaccinating people against? It's not against anything. It's an injection of a poison. Right. In fact, they even tell you. The AstraZeneca, Novavax, and uh, Johnson & Johnson shot, they call it a subunit protein vaccine. Mm -hmm. The protein they're injecting inside of you is the spike protein. What did China, France, and Italy researchers tell you the spike protein was? Well, we just discussed that the spike protein is snake venom peptide, right? It is snake venom peptide. So what are they injecting people with? Venom peptides. They're injecting you with venom. They're injecting you with venom, not against a virus. There's no viruses in these shots. They even tell you that we're only vaccinating you with the spike protein on the, the question, outside of the virus. They don't care the about question, the virus. Really, there's a question of whether there's a virus anywhere. Right. That is the I real mean, question. A, a lot of the doctors that are brave enough to say the COVID-19 shot is a bioweapon and not a real vaccine are assuming and, and still believing that other vaccines are all beneficial and prevent disease. And when you do the research on that, none of it's true. Absolutely correct. That's why I've never vaccinated any of my adult children ever wow. from the time they were born. I've got five of them. Wow, that's wonderful. Yep. So all that tax money was spent researching venom applications. Oh, let's take this further. Yes, venom for sure. Okay, so have you ever heard of the, talk about tax dollars, have you ever heard of a, type of research called CRISPR technology. Yeah. So CRISPR technology, we are spending billions Mm. of tax dollars investing inside of right now for pharmaceutical giants to figure out how to delete your God-given DNA genes. For example, Richard, if you inherited, let's say you had two parents, which you do, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Those two parents, let's say one of them had heart disease. They're going to believe you inherited a gene that might make you develop heart disease. And they are convinced that they can delete your gene that causes heart disease you inherited from your parents and insert another gene into its place. That is called CRISPR technology. Mm-hmm. All right. We're investing billions of dollars into this. Do you know what's gene shocking? Yeah, do you know what's shocking about CRISPR technology? I've never even known until last year. 
What? Do you know, this is how odd it is to me. This stuff is in our face and we have no idea. The, the, the CRISPR technology is when you see the word, it's all capital CRISP and oftentimes with a little R, CRISP-er, but the CRISP is all capitalized. Do you know what CRISP stands for? Is it an acronym of some kind? It is. No, you would be shocked what... to look it up. No, I don't know. CRISP stands for cysteine rich snake venom peptides. <laughs> wow. They I are literally deleting DNA. human DNA and injecting you with snake genes into your DNA. And this, for a lot of medical professionals, when they realized that's what CRISPR technology was over the last year, they're like, oh, my God, we've known what CRISPR technology is, but we didn't know they were injecting us or changing our DNA to have snake genetics, which is exactly the same principle as mRNA technology. All they're doing is making you make something a snake makes. Well, how are they going to do that? They've got to change your genetics or influence your genetics to manufacture venom. Humans don't make venom. But they have figured out how to, they believe, to change your DNA to do it. Yep. Wow. What about, and you mentioned a lot of different symptoms. Um, I'm watching the time so we don't make you late. I'm going to mention something on a personal level. About 2020, when I started uh, commenting publicly on, on the pandemic being a scam and the PCR test being completely bogus, doesn't test for anything. So there are no non-symptomatic diagnoses of COVID that are meaning anything at all. Um, just symptom, you know, syndromes and stuff like that, that they can recognize. Um, I got this really sharp knife pain in the back suddenly, and my health was perfect for decades at that point. I'd cleaned my system out, did all the detox and everything else that you would need to do, and suddenly got that. And then the whole left side of my body started shaking. You know, like advanced sudden onset Parkinson's. Yes. That's never completely gone away. It doesn't really get worse, but it, it's really interferes with everything. And then I went through a period where I couldn't lie down to sleep for months. I couldn't eat any, almost any kind of food at all for many weeks at a time. Uh, that getting no sleep is not recommended. And, um, then finally what it did is it took out my voice. And I partially got that back enough to talk, but people who've heard it before, it's nothing like it was before now. And I'm still trying to get rid of all this stuff. And does this sound consistent potentially with any of the venom stuff that you're talking about? Yeah, almost every single symptom of yours outside of the GI tract, your bowel symptoms, yeah, all of them could, are neurological. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Which is what the t- venoms would be is neurotoxic. So it's a possibility. Oh, absolutely. So how is it different than people who just have Parkinson's, Michael J. Fox, and people like that? Actually, it's not any different. Do you know that during this COVID-19 pandemic, in fact, last weekend, I was supposed to do a presentation at Dr. Buttar's conference in St. Louis. Uh Do you know that that presentation was titled, not a joke, nicotine, addictive toxin or miracle healer? And I'm only going to speak to this with you so you understand this. They, I, I actually was going to present. He died the week before the conference, so they canceled the conference, uh-huh. uh, and that sucked. But this presentation I will be doing. In fact, on the Dr. Artist Show right now, I have a whole uh, presentation I did about three weeks ago, which was destroying the narrative of Parkinson's. But uh, during this pandemic, this is essential for you. Mm-hmm. Cobra toxin was found to be the spike protein from King Cobra Venom. That's neurotoxic. Uh, inside of this pandemic... They injected mammals multiple times to create Parkinson's in the animals with cobra toxin and conotoxins, which are venoms from sea snails in the ocean, 15 of which were found in COVID patients over and over and over and over. They have injected conotoxins, cone snail venoms, and king cobra Mm -hmm. proteins into animals. It crosses the blood-brain barrier, and they can create, they publish, they can create Parkinson's-like symptoms in 72 hours or less. Wow. And then they reverse it in 72 hours. How do you want to know how they reverse it? Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. They only use nicotine to do it. How? Intravenously. 
Now, you don't inject it inside of you, but you can use patches. You can use gums, and you need to start using it. That releases the venoms. And then I gave you that three-step approach. If I were you, this is exactly what I would do. You need to do nicotine. You need to do two-milligram gum, 10 minutes apiece. Nicotine and the gum? No, just nicotine gum, like a Nicorette gum or nicotine gum. You can chew it. They have two-milligram sizes and four. Nobody needs to do four. Two milligrams are fine. So you need to chew two milligram tablets. One one a day. Nope. You're going to do four for 10 minutes a day. Two milligrams at a time, four times. Yeah, they come in two milligram sizes. So you're going to take one, chew it for 10 minutes, spit it out. Take another one, chew it for 10 minutes, spit it out. You're just going to do four of those a day. Anytime. Doesn't have to be spread out or anything. Well, I would spread them out, but yes, you can spread them out or do them all back to back if you'd like. You said nicotine gum can make you really sick, didn't you? Yeah, it can. So if you start getting nauseous, that could be because you have, oh, you mentioned the GI symptoms. The the venoms explain that too, because your entire intestine, 13 meters worth, is lined with nicotine receptors. This is why so many people have bowel issues. So if you chew the gum and you get nauseous, want to throw up or have diarrhea, you uh-huh. are releasing a ton of venom with that nicotine. In that case, I recommend wearing a patch instead and letting the body absorb the nicotine from the outside in. And Same I wear, dose. I wear a two to three milligram patch every day on my body. Now, Can I, you do that instead of the gum? Yeah, I do not do the gum. My wife does the gum every day. All of her long hauler COVID symptoms, that was loss of taste and smell, tinnitus, uh-huh. POTS, where she'd get dizzy standing and falling over, and then severe brain fog, hair loss. She had that horribly for two years, and every supplement I tried with her did nothing. All And I tried them all, including ivermectin, you name it, HCQ, everything. Nothing worked. But in three days, two years later, when she started chewing nicotine gum, after I figured out the venom aspect of COVID, within three days, every single one of those symptoms disappeared, just chewing nicotine gum, and she never got nauseous ever. And she still chews them every day, always does great. There are some people, though, that when they chew the nicotine gum or suck on a pouch, they'll get really ill, like they want to vomit or have diarrhea, but not most people. I had that reaction, but I also had symptoms of being poisoned. And I had manifestations of it, so I actually suspected it was in me. So all I did was start wearing a patch. I would buy 14 milligram sizes, cut it into six equal pieces, and I just wear one on each side of my ribs every day, changing it out every day. And, and that's, that's what strong, I would do if strong I was enough, strong enough to be curative and not just preventative. Exactly right. Then you have got to get on EDTA supplementation and food grade hydrogen peroxide. If I were you, that's both, what I would do. And you can buy it. Three, I would do both. Three. I do both, and I don't even have symptoms. If I was you, I'd be f- for sure doing both. So okay. I would do. Uh, I would contact into thegardenofeden.com, and that's where I would actually uh, order it from. They're out of Texas, and they do a great job. That's for the EDTA. No, that's for the food grade hydrogen peroxide. Okay, what's it called? Into the Garden of Eden. Into the Garden of Eden.com. One of the mysteries in all this stuff is that at this point, in whatever the Toxin is doing, if I eat any kind of food, within minutes, my voice is killed. Yeah, so that's all That's all the same tissue from your esophagus all the way down, right? Everything's connected there. So we're going we're gonna to help clear that up. So hydrogen peroxide, you need to swallow that. EDTA, you need to do 2,000 mil- or 1,000 milligrams a day, which is what okay. I do also in a supplement form. You can get that at the doctorartistshow.com or somewhere else. It doesn't matter. And then, mm-hmm. and then uh, you need to be on bentonite clay on a minimum or apple pectin powder. And we have apple pectin powder at that site too, if you'd like that. It's phenomenal, actually, helping to mitigate the symptoms as your body detoxes. How much of the pectin should people use? At least 1,400 milligrams a day. Bentonite clay is an eighth of a teaspoon if you decide to use that one. 1,400 milligrams of pectin a day. Yep. Okay. And the last question, because I know you have to leave in about two minutes, I think. I do. Yeah. Yep. Um, how do they target people? You talked about the water system transmitting it into communities by varying the chlorine levels and things like that. Oh, yeah. How would they target a particular person and why does everybody not get sick? Yeah, that's very, very good. So uh, we actually did a radio show. We started a radio show, me and a group of doctors. It's called Looking for Healing Radio. It's on America Out Loud. On Monday, I did a presentation for an hour. Mm-hmm. On the difference between 
Louis Pasteur's germ theory and mm-hmm. Antoine Bachamp's um, internal environment theory called cellular or host theory. They're very different, but they were both living at the same time. But this explains why some people got COVID, some people didn't. It uh-huh. is not a germ theory that keeps you healthy or not, or makes you sick. It's not invaders being presented to you that makes you sick, even though they do do that. It is 100% your internal environment, right. whether or not you will have sick outcomes, disease outcomes, worsening outcomes, or your body will just be able over a couple of days to, to release it. Toxins or germs, same idea with either Absolutely. One. Yep. In fact, when I came out with the snake venom aspect of COVID, many researchers around the world the very next day said they were up all night doing research into snake venoms and children. And it was the first time they actually were able to explain why children were almost zero affected by COVID when everybody adult-wise had some symptoms at some point it appeared. So Hmm. everyone tried to figure out why if the thing's so deadly, why is it not hurting children? Well, what they all discovered and educated me on, because I didn't even got to this point yet, but melatonin in children is almost mm-hmm. twice as high as a hormone as it is in adults. And do you know right. melatonin since the 70s has been published to be an inhibitor of venoms in the body when you get scorpion wow. bites, uh, wow. bee stings, snake bites? And so this finally explained to them, oh, my God, it's something in them that protects them. Yeah, melatonin Amazing. does it. I'm really interested because um, the work that I've got to do is piling up and there's videos to make. There's all kinds of stuff to do. And half the time I can't talk at all. And, and my hands are still shaking and I can't eat food. I've lost 30 pounds. You know, I mean, it's really in the way of work I have to do. And my, my only reason for being in the world right now is to do this work. So I'd I like have, to. I have tons of research and other things. We're trying to keep it simple and letting people have information that they can use. It's simple, easy to find, cheap to use, right. but effective. But right. there is a myriad of things I would say to you as you report back to me, what else might I consider? What can I do to speed okay. this up? Or this is where I am. I will okay. tell you very specifically what you need to add. Same thing happened with Chanel. He was around a lot of people in board meetings and stuff who were vaccinated. She wasn't. And she suddenly lost hearing in one ear. She is needs to do the nicotine. Nicotine too. Same thing. Oh, yeah. The only thing that made my wife even trust to go buy nicotine gum because she avoided it for three months when I'd ask her to do it. She's right. like, no, no, I don't want to do it. It's addictive. And I said, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Harvard figured it out that it's not addictive in 2015. Then they had to figure out how the tobacco industry made nicotine addictive and they published it. There's a chemical they add to nicotine to make it addictive called pyrazines. Nicotine's not addictive. Pyrazines makes anything addictive you add it to. And they okay. started doing that in the 60s and 70s with all tobacco products. So we've got about 300 other chemicals in cigarettes too. Actually, it's actually 600 that the FDA has approved that they can add. Yeah. The whole list is on the FDA's website right now. 600 chemicals they can add to their stuff. Wow. But, uh, I want you so, to know that she refused to go get it for three months, worried she would be addicted because of the, you know, the mainstream media's publications about this stuff. And then a medical doctor out of Australia called me. And said 100% of my hearing that she had lost during COVID and was told by an audiologist, a hearing expert, that she would have permanent hearing loss for life for a whole year and a half. No hearing in her right ear. Chewing nicotine gum the day after watching Watch the Water. This is a medical doctor. She said Uh at minute 30, she could start to hear stuff in that right ear by minute 45. Not days, minutes. 45 minutes later, all of her hearing was restored. So it can come back. Absolutely. Yeah. All you got to do is get the venom off. Venom shuts off the nerves function. You just got to release it. All these parts with the hydrogen peroxide, the EDT day, the the bentonite, do the whole thing. Exactly right. Because if you just release the venom with nicotine and you don't take anything else, the venom's still circulating in your body. You have to break it up so you don't get rebound symptoms if you stop the nicotine or if you get the venom moving into another organ, like your pancreas, you might develop yeah. diabetes. If it moves into your liver, you might get liver inflammation, kidney failure if it goes in your kidneys. So you, you need to break is, it apart. Do you think there is such a thing as Parkinson's? Oh, there's Parkinson's symptoms, but the name Parkinson's, just like Alzheimer's and any other medical diagnosis. It's a doctor is, who recognizes it. It's just a list of symptoms they give a name to. So. Right. It's just symptoms. I mean, you have symptoms. I mean, that look be, like before COVID, what was causing Parkinson's? Oh, the same thing. I'm convinced, and we're going to do research on this. I'm convinced the shots they start at age 60. Look at it. Yeah. Up. The average age of diagnosis of Parkinson's is 65. Really? What do they start doing at age 60 every year? 
that they did not do before that in the elderly. Flu shots annually they recommend, shingles shots they recommend annually, pneumonia shots they recommend annually. And by the time five years goes by, every chronic illness in the elderly, its average diagnosis is 65 years. And I am so, adamant they're using venoms and all those shots to create these scenarios. And the people who got Parkinson's a long time ago, do you think they ran into a toxin then too? Y- yes. In fact, uh, do you know how long they've been spreading glyphosate around the world in the form of Roundup? Monsanto, you know that company? Yeah, I've heard of those guys. Do, do, you know that, do you know that last week in Ohio, I took uh, took Roundup and Roundup Plus to have it evaluated? I wanted to know, is there venoms inside of it? Because I found a paper in 2003 and uh-huh. read up what glyphosate does to a cell in a human. And this is exactly uh-huh. what it published. When glyphosate enters the cell of a human, it kicks out copper and zinc and the cell will start to die. And then it draws in magnesium into the cell to activate it. Guess what else does that identically? venoms all venoms do that they they deplete zinc they deplete copper and they flood the cell with magnesium so i so took in roundup. A way this is simpler than we thought oh yeah so what there so what i did is i took roundup and i said i want to know if in the glyphosate products from monsanto is there venoms in them so i'm going to read to you if you want to know how long it's been going on so yeah, they're using yeah. monsanto has just so y'all know you can look it up online monsanto owns the largest patented library of snake venom insecticides, scorpion venom insecticides, and spider venom insecticides. So the fact that they also flood the whole world with glyphosate and it does the same thing as venoms, I was like, uh, let's just test it. So I just want to read to you what was in it. So in Roundup, regular Roundup, they published there is currently ant venom in it, snake venom metalloprotease, which is what removes zinc and copper, is in Roundup. And then they found Malaysian Viper Venom from Malaysia in Roundup. They found King Cobra Venom. I'm reading right off the report. They found Scorpion Venom that is manufactured in E. coli, like I mentioned earlier. And then they have Virgin Cone Snail Venom called Conotoxin 10. Malayan Crate Venom, which is what Bungarotoxin is, the spike mm-hmm. protein of COVID, is in Roundup. And then E. Karen from Venoms of the Saw Scaled Viper that causes blood clots. And then they also found Venom prothrombin activator from the eastern brown snake that causes you to create blood clots and this then is the all al- in a weed killer all in a weed killer yep and it, if they're spraying it all over the world it's getting into the soil then it's going to get drawn up into your plants you're going to eat it guess oh, what yeah. happens I, when you yeah. eat it gets into your body gets into your tissues they already know how to get this into your into your body through your intestines and through your stomach you can eat it then also when you irrigate those farms or it rains Where's the venom's going to go? So you know what this water table. You remember when they figured out what caused the polio outbreak? It wasn't the lack of polio shots. It was the use of DDT everywhere. Exactly right. Makes you wonder this same thing about DDT. Exactly right. All right. I need to jump off this call. You guys have been great, though. But uh, I hope that answered your questions. We'll stay in touch. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay, you guys, that got a little bit more personal than I had originally intended, but I'm, I did that so that it would be really, um, accessible to everybody to use the same things that Dr. Artis was telling me with whatever was experienced by my body starting in 2020 that, uh, temporarily derailed all the health and anti-aging stuff I was doing and just knocked it down and, Artist says it matches symptoms that he's found of uh, envenomation. So I'm going to do his protocol. And it's not something that we can tell anybody else to do. He can't tell anybody to do it, but it's what he's doing. We can say that. I think that's still allowed. And it involves several steps, which we're putting together. Trying to put something in writing, too, but you can get it directly off the video that you just watched. So very valuable. I've seen a number of Dr. Artis's interviews and I wanted to make it, you know, not just another interview like all the others, but get something really specific down. You know, my goal for the conversation was recap of what Dr. Artis had found ever since he discovered the whole venom idea. The confirmations that have said that that's true, what that means, where it's going and 
what you can use practically, you know, so it's not just an interesting idea, but how can you defend yourself against these toxins in the environment, um, whether it's injected or in the air or in the water or on surfaces or whatever way it's being spread around right now, coming down from geoengineering spraying or whatever vector it's coming in on, how you can defend yourself against that. And um, if you're already damaged, and, you know, originally we thought only the vaccinated people were damaged, but now Jane Ruby and um, many other people have been talking about on video that this damage is showing up in unvaccinated people all over the world uh, and how they're getting it is not always clear because it can be transmitted between people, but also um, through air, water, food. And they're really into putting it in the food now so that everybody's going to be exposed. So the work of Dr. Artis in defense against this, plus repairing the damage once you've been exposed to it is, in my mind, really valuable. You know, we need our physical bodies functional as much as possible. I've really been reminded of that over the last couple of years, but it's true for all of us. And if he's got something simple, which he does, that can actually block the effects of the venom poison and help you recover from it once you've got it, this is incredibly valuable. And that was the point of today's discussion, to make it, you know, really practical for you. So I hope you can use it. I'd like to hear your feedback. Feel free to write to us, info at lostartsradio.com. Gets to both of us. Richard at Lost Arts Radio gets to me directly. We read all of them. Um, I do some private appointments, so if you're ever interested in that, if I have time, I'll look at that. That's at Richard at lostartsradio.com. We also have planetaryhealingclub.com, and we talk about self-transformation, on all levels, including physical, and how to maximize your positive effect on other people around you and the rest of the world. So if you're interested in that and you're feeling courageous enough to work on yourself, then um, join us, planetaryhealingclub.com. Otherwise, stay in touch, let us know what you think, and take care of yourself. You're really important to the future and the world. We appreciate you very much, and we'll meet you here next time. Take it easy. Surprise us. Mm-hmm.
fortresses of rest inside. 